there a doctor in the house? Doctor, doctor, give me the news. I got a bad case of loving you. Doctor. 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 And doctor. It's time for Advanced Medicine Monday with Dr. Rashid Batar. I'm a doctor, not a bricklayer. I'm a doctor, not a mechanic. I'm a doctor, not a coal miner. The doctor is in. Yes, the doctor is in. And he's the doctor who's trying to not, well, let's see, make it less necessary for you to see other doctors. Because he, he, he cares about you, for real. Dr. Batar, Advanced Medicine, how are you? I'm doing great, Robert. How are you? I'm doing well. I mean, kicking off the week with you always is exciting and fun. And, uh, you know, Nine Steps to Keep the Doctor Away, of course, alluding to your uh, international best-selling book. But... Uh, the idea is to keep people well enough that they don't resort to the, let's say, the worst of modern medicine as opposed to where we acknowledge it does good work. But not in Obamacare, where evidently the computer software designed to set everybody up and sign them up. We had Super Don try to sign up last week on the air in two hours. You couldn't believe the adventure he was on. Obviously not successful. Two hours? Yeah, full, full on. Live on the air. We had him set up and, and nothing we could do could get him to sign, sign up and He's now put off for two or three weeks to try and meet with somebody who still doesn't know what's going on. Unbelievable. And then I'm sure they'll probably institute penalties if you don't sign up, even though the software can't support it. Yeah, that is the irony here. Of, uh, we, we've got you to sign up, but, but I can't sign up. doesn't matter. Pay your fine. <laughs> and, of course, when everybody finds out about that, you, you talk about the Million Veteran March on, on, on uh, Washington, D.C. What happens when you get 100 million Americans thinking, I was supposed to get free health care out of this deal. I can't even sign up. That's going to be interesting. That's what we're dealing with here, the chaos of government invested in what? I mean, invested not in our health, but invested in maintaining the stranglehold of the monopoly medicine platform that wasn't working to begin with. So making it mandatory is not going to help. Well, I think it's true and pathognomonic of any time you have any large organization, especially like a government getting involved with any industry, by definition, it's a free enterprise system that allows for innovation and allows for advancement. It is not a government that's going to ever do that. I mean, we, we, we just have to look at history, for God's sake, to see the track record. Anytime the government gets involved with anything, I don't care whether it's automotive industry, investment industry, health industry, whatever it is, things just don't go well. It was the capitalistic mindset that led the U.S. to become the leader in healthcare in the 50s and in the 60s and the 70s. And then we started slipping in the 80s, and by the 90s, we had definitely lost our, our stronghold. And now we're something like 35th or 36th a couple as of 2010. God knows where we are now. But you look at all the different countries that have a socialistic model for healthcare, and people leave those countries in droves when it comes time to get any type of innovative healthcare. Right. Canada, innovation, course, yeah. innovation is something that's so key to, let's say, meeting the challenges that are unprecedented because of the toxicological challenges we all face on this planet right now. Exactly. And, of course, a lot of those toxicological challenges are also induced by the same entity that is now trying to mandate how healthcare will be disseminated. In other words, it is the laxity within the government in the outputting of some of these toxins and, and just right. what Monsanto's doing with the you know, food and manipulation, genetic modification of foods and the environmental toxins of big pharma's, you know, almost given a, a wild card that they don't have to adhere to any any uh, stand, not not big pharma, but even big pharma's, it would be applicable to big pharma, but like sure. the industries where, you know, the outgassing of various types of pollutants and 
the industry lacks standards that uh, mercury outgassing, for example, I believe the Environmental Protection Agency's stipulation for the amount of mercury that could be emitted from a coal-burning plant had increased by 60% underneath Bush. And, you know, you, that's a 60% increase is just such an astronomical burden on the biological system. And that's just during Bush's administration. We don't know what else has transpired since then and how many other standards have been loosened. And so it, the point is that, as Einstein said, you cannot fix a problem with the same mindset that caused the insanity in the first place. And so you're taking the government's lack of understanding and initiative to allow some of these things to get out there that shouldn't have been out there, and now they're going to try to fix the health care problem, which was induced by those problems in the first place. Yeah, that, that is the point. I mean, with every do-gooder out there, and there are. There are people that have good hearts, but they're not really thinking it all the way through. It's like, wait, those entities that you're calling on to protect us and repair us are the same entities that either directly did or facilitated the capacity and ability of those agencies, organizations to do damage, great damage to our health, and basically destroyed the very medical system that had achieved some pretty phenomenal things, particularly in terms of emergency trauma interventions. Exactly. And and at the very least, they turned their cheek the other way instead of looking at it and saying, wait a second, this could be detrimental. You know, if they didn't directly promote it or indirectly promote it, they certainly turned the other way and allowed it to just go through. Well, exactly. And of course, as we're seeing the uh, inevitable collapse of Obamacare before it fully engages there's just no way to salvage it. While I may have supported the, the idea of an opposition party saying, stop it, put, defund it. At the same time, you can say, no, let it go because it will further or, uh, let's say, accelerate the inevitable collapse. Now, I don't take joy in those that may suffer under a collapse of any kind. But now I'm thinking in terms of the collapse of the United States based on the economics here. I mean, we didn't expect the Soviet Union to just one day be gone. And, and yet... Why couldn't it happen here if the economics of scale go so large and so far beyond the ability to, to pull them back in that so one day you wake up and you realize the government really can't pay it bills? That's exactly what's happening right now. Yeah, exactly. And that's the point of, uh, well, we mentioned the, the Soviet Union slash Russian paradoxes. Why did not millions of people starve after the Soviet Union collapsed? Because they at least were aware of the incompetence of the bureaucracy so that they planted their own food. They had their own gardens because they realized they were not going to be provided for. Here in America, we're still under the illusion that everything's going to be fine. Well, I, I, I would disagree in one part, at least in context, Robert, and that is that you said that the Russians were aware that the government was incompetent. I, I would certainly say that I think that the American population's pretty convinced of that too <laughs> okay on our well. front of the incompetence i think there was a poll that was recently done last week and they said that over 60 percent of americans were unanimous in the thought that kick the bums out of congress and replace them with new ones well i'm not for, sure whether they meant new congressmen or new bums but yeah and exactly and also that means 40 percent are not there yet but then when it comes time to vote that 60% says, well, all the other bums, but not my bum. I want him back in. That seems to be the pattern uh, where they, they kind of distance themselves from that reality when it comes time to vote. But i got to have my guy in. Well, then the question comes, are we sure that the system that's been put in place for the voting is actually a system that meets any type of a legitimate standard? Because we know that the voting system has also inherent flaws in there. If you can show up and vote without an ID, 
then how kosher is that system? How kosher is a system where people can vote and then they find out that 2,500 of those votes in that particular district, in that particular state, were votes by people that have been dead for, dead for 10 years or more. Oh, yeah, so, that, that is a distinct problem. Also, the program, we've talked about software today, even us on Obamacare. Heck, the software uh, in, in the voting, the counting of the votes, it, it, it just means all bets are off once the thing actually happens. Now, the other thing, you know, Jesse Ventura, who we're going to have on the show a little later uh, in the week or next week, talks about getting rid of both political parties you know, because of the party machines running and controlling who gets to speak, for instance, on the debate stage. I know we're in an off political year, but it is is still controlling the message, controlling the flow of information, really corrupts the ability of the electorate to make a, an informed decision. Well, there's another issue here, too, and that issue, as we've discussed before, if the two parties are really nothing more than an illusion created so that the puppet masters can continue their agenda without the general public realizing, but by creating this illusion of two different parties and pitching each against each other it's a perfect distraction and i have to say that jesse ventura every time i hear something that he's recommended or said you know i'm impressed the guy was a professional wrestler you would have never thought that somebody Hmm. you know would have been um i don't know what the word is intellectually well let's just say this if i'm looking at a a professional wrestler my first thought is not you know harvard scholar or something like that i'm thinking in terms of you know they're an entertainer whatever but but Jesse's got some deep thought behind him. I mean, he's really thought these things through. He's seen a lot in his lifetime. He's questioned official stories. And so I respect him immensely. Obviously, people have some problems with uh, entertainers uh, going into politics. But he did, in my mind, uh, some good things in Minnesota, although the party establishment from Dems and Republicans didn't like him so much. Yeah, I think that uh, the track record for most of the people that were entertainers that went into politics is actually pretty decent. Schwarzenegger was pretty decent, and Reagan was pretty decent. So... I certainly think that Ventura follows in that in that um, lineage, if you will, or in that in those footsteps. But I have been impressed with a few things that I've heard from him, and I th- agree with him. You know, getting rid of this illusion of the political lines, it's not so much that it's going to hurt any political agenda. What it's going to do is it's going to take a distraction away from the mainstream media, so they can't pitch one against the other one. You know, and the public then all of a sudden is more on an even playing field. I think that the parties, when you start having parties in place and you start to have multiple people, I mean, you take three people together and they can't agree on something. <laughs> so how are you going to take a group of a few million people and have them agree on one particular agenda for one different party? And it's just a, it's a, it's a bad system anyway. So Well, yeah, the ability to remove the party system, it might be the ability to remove this kind of concept of controlled opposition where they basically manage how far you can go. You know, the establishment Republicans are are arguing against the Tea Party people, and the, you know, the uber-libs are arguing against people within the Democratic Party, but they have the ability to control two large groups, similar to the way modern medicine has pitted itself, or the, or the so-called puppet masters pit modern medicine against all other forms of natural healing. And that's an interesting discussion. we got to go more into that. It is Advanced Medicine Monday here on the Robert Scott Bell Show with Dr. Rashid Bittar. You can check out all the links in the show notes. Of course, if you ever miss a show, tell your friends. MedicalRewind.com is where you can get them really easily downloaded for you. So we'll be right back with more of Dr. Bittar after this. The Robert Scott Bell Show. In the health world to the power of radio. It's the Robert Scott Bell Show. 
Dr. Batari, you get the concept of, of where we're going because we're always seemingly on a similar same wavelength that we, as we get to discuss in advanced medicine terms, advanced politics too. It isn't to divide, it's to recognize the divide, help people to see through it so they can make informed and also innovative decisions for their own health or their own future politics. Why do we talk about it? Because it impacts our ability to, he- to heal our health care choices. And they're greatly diminished by a lot of this playing the Dems against the Republicans game when they're playing, when the reality is they're all playing against each of us. Yeah, I sometimes have to question again, you know, why are we talking about this on a medical radio show, supposedly? But I think you're right because it is applicable in all aspects. And I think that autonomy aspect, in order for you to truly have the ability to make the right decisions for your own health and wellness, for the sake of your own health and wellness, you have to have that autonomy. And many times there are too many constraints by our governmental system mm-hmm. and the political machinery that's in place to prevent us from being able to make those decisions freely. Well, you think about the, the, the history that we didn't learn growing up. I know my American upbringing, government school system, and never hearing the word homeopathy until I was 24 years of age outside of traditional education. And the fact that they pitted modern medicine against just about everything else, it's like that wasn't a natural progression. That was orchestrated. Absolutely, Robert. We know about the Flexner Report, and we know how the Flexner Report done about 100 years ago, maybe slightly over 100 years ago, had such a tremendous influence on orchestrating, as you said, the course of medicine and where it's gone down right now. But that certainly was not the natural progression. In fact, people are surprised to know that homeopathy was the mainstay of medicine before the Civil War. So where's the change that occurs where all of a sudden we we deviate from things that were considered to be mainstream back then and all of a sudden go into the the modern pharmaceutical cartel-type medicine? And, I mean, I say that very affectionately. Of course, you know that. (laughs) Yes. I mean, how is it possible... I say, you know, I say this because, they're, hey, listen, there's a lot of smart people who are duped. And in our lifetime, we've been duped by things. We look back and we go, dude, I had no idea. And you, know, you yeah. wake up one day and you go, my gosh, man, was I that vulnerable and, 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 and able to be you know, taken for a ride? But literally, it was programming from the time we were kids. Yep, that's exactly right. And this is something that will not occur if a person becomes empowered with knowledge. And that's the basis of everything that we talk about. And that's the basis of what the radio shows when you talk about the power to heal is yours. Well, that power to heal is yours comes from basically understanding what the truth is, realizing how the body works, understanding the physiology and basic precepts that are innately, uh, if we think about it, they, they resonate with us just from a natural standpoint. And when you start understanding that and you start going down that pathway then you start to realize the absurdity of what we were doing before and what we were taught and what we were forced and sometimes even, you know, shoved down our throats. And that's really where modern medicine has gotten to. The entire facade that's been built, Robert, it's actually ingenious. It's almost like a Mm. movie set that's been drawn. You know, you build up the doctors and you put them on the pedestal. Then you make the education for the doctors so difficult. But then you give them the power to write these prescriptions so they become, as I like to state the you know the prostitutes of the pharmaceutical industry you don't remunerate the doctors but you build them up so that they feel so important but then you give them the right and the privilege of writing those prescriptions which are just going to continue to hurt people and and the whole facade is built upon this platform that doctors know everything nobody else does don't question your doctor um, follow your doctor's advice and then the propaganda on TV that's promoting the drug says, talk to your doctor hmm. about the advice. And then anybody that's a paraprofessional, anybody that's an ancillary healthcare professional, they're demeaned, they're minimalized, 
And so that anybody who talks about nutrition now is given almost like, well, you're not the first line. You're not the second line. You're like the tertiary person. You're like the third class of individual. You're like the, in the caste system in India, you would be like the non-touchables. Wow, man, you said that so, so well. I mean, you lay it all out, and they've really set up a caste system in we call it healing, although so much of what happens in modern medicine is not healing. We acknowledge that. But really, they play to the ego. They play to the sense of self. And they say, here's the, here's the, here are the guys and gals that are in. If you're not in, then you're something less than that. Despite right. the fact that the something less than that it can often do more profound things than anybody in the, the in crowd could ever do. Absolutely, without a doubt. In fact, exponentially better. You know, there have been those studies that we talked about before. The Russian study that was never translated into English, that Dr. Avazian, one of the doctors that worked for me who was Armenian, uh, told me <clears throat> that basically the essence of the study was two patient populations, breast cancer, lung cancer, divided them into two subgroups. So you had one group of breast cancer and lung cancer patients that they told to do whatever you normally do, whether you smoke, drink, you know, no change in lifestyle, no behavioral changes, no nutritionals, nothing. The other group of breast cancer and lung cancer that's conventionally treated, and at the end of the study, they found that the patients that had, they did nothing with, not even lifestyle modification, not even a multivitamin. Wait, just, wait, wait. Before we tell them what them happened, to stop to, smoking. wait, before we tell them what happens, we got to take a break. You're listening okay. to Advanced Medicine Monday on the Robert Scott Bell Show with Dr. Batar. We'll be right back. The Robert Scott Bell Show. <laughs> in the health world through the power of radio it's the robert scott bell show advanced medicine monday comes with some advanced cliffhangers from dr rashi batar as he was relating that study and went right to the edge of the break and everyone's going whoa, whoa, whoa what did it find out what did it show well robert i'm not the one who does that you're the master at creating those cliffhangers i just am spewing out the information i had no idea that they were running out of time but i'll take the credit for the creating the cliffhanger there, but essentially the study was two subgroups, populations within a study of uh, breast cancer and lung cancer patients, and the group of breast cancer and lung cancer patients that they said don't change anything that you do in life, don't even modify your own bad habits, if you smoke, if you drink, whatever, keep on doing it, not even supplementation, nothing. That was one group, and the other group that treated with conventional course of treatment for breast and lung cancer, which included radiation and chemotherapy. And at the conclusion of the study, they found that the group that had no intervention, no lifestyle modification, not even supplementation, nothing, lived an average of 3.4 times longer or 340% longer than the group that actually was treated conventionally with chemo and radiation. So the, you know, the gist from that study essentially is if you're going to do something, the worst thing to do is do chemo and radiation. If you don't do anything, you're going to be 3.4% 3.4 times or 340% better off than if you did something conventionally. Well, of course, the perception of uh, the do-gooders in government is to institutionalize and mandate that form that is uh, uh, much more dangerous and not effectual. And, of course, this is the, the controversy when we talk about children in particular, uh, you know, in the tragedies of these kids diagnosed with cancer that their parents are waking up now, realizing that this chemo-radiation surgery gambit is not always the best thing. And because of that, they're using the strong arm of government, even on a state and local level, to what I call kidnap these children. And it's been done over and over again. I mean, you've covered a lot of these stories, and you know, mainstream media has even covered where parents are on the run with their child because they're trying to protect their children from getting chemo and radiation. And I think this is one of the fundamental components that we can teach our children 
to simply say no to vaccines and mm. say no to certain components. And like my son already understands, both my sons mm-hmm. understand that if anybody approaches them with a vaccine, that they have intention to do harm and they're to do whatever type of defensive maneuver they can. You know, like to teach the kids and starting off in martial arts, you kick them in the pee pee and you yell <laughs> stranger danger, stranger right. danger as loud as you can. Yes. And, uh, you know, I'm not worried about Abi so much because he can pretty much take anybody out. If he can take me out, he can pretty much take anybody out. But the point is that, you know, they just understand that they are aware. If somebody comes and says that you need this vaccine or it's going to be good for you, these kids, my kids, and I'm sure your kids and many of the kids that have been educated regarding this subject are not going to passively allow somebody to stick a needle in their arms and introduce various types of DNA addicts and all sorts of toxins into their systems. Well, it's like we were talking on the break about the fact that, you know, we got kids listening to our show. I I was surprised initially that doctors would, but now I'm I'm okay with that. We know the FDA does, but kids, (laughs) kids listen to the Robert Scott Bell show. They hear Dr. Batari each week. And what does that say about, you know, the, the level of intelligence of kids coming through? They're really absorbing things that when we were kids, honestly, Dr. Batar, I don't know that I would have been interested in. I, I think it's totally cool. I actually thought we were on there when we were talking about that because I said if I didn't say it on the air, then I meant to say it on the air that I know that I would have not had any interest in it. <laughs> That's it's like we wouldn't listen to ourselves when we were kids. Well, kids, don't <laughs> listen to us. Just listen to us. Wait, what? <laughs> All right. We're having a good time here as we always do. Dr. Batar, you can find him at Dr. Batar, dot com if you're a new listener up there in North Carolina. And, of course, uh, the nine steps to keep the doctor away. All of these things are linked in the show notes at robertscottbell.com, medicalrewind.com, to easy access the hundreds of hours of archived shows that we have. Incredible stuff. Incredible. Now, you, you know, you've mentioned, and we were just talking about the, if you have kids and you don't want them to go through chemo, radiation, or surgery, you're a parent, you have a, you know, a duty-bound obligation to protect your kid from things that you perceive to be very dangerous and not appropriate. But yet, here is where the state takes its hand and goes, nope, we're coming after you. We're going ch- to hunt you down, and we're going to take your child. Doesn't this sound strangely like what happened when slaves left the plantation all those years ago in earlier America? They would track you down and grab you back. I mean, I know it sounds in, it's an insensitive thing to say, no, but, but I, that's a, that's an amazing analogy though, because that's exactly what it is. That's I mean, exactly what it is. You're on the medical plantation and you're escaping it. No, 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 you can't leave. Now, it's not my original idea. I mean, it's certainly a thought form I've had, but someone's expressed it a whole lot better. This guy named Ben Carson and and uh, your wife forwarded this. Uh, kudos to un unbilled producer Deb for sending yeah. us this story. Ben, That's exactly, yeah. Ben I mean, it's, Carson. It's, it's, ben Carson. Uh, he was a neurologist, surgeon. I mean, this guy's amazing. Yeah, he's a pediatric surgeon, I believe. Mm-hmm. And you said that he was in... At, at Johns here, Hopkins. We were talking about 39 years, chief of pediatric surgery at Johns Hopkins. Yeah, I mean, this is like high-end stuff, this guy. And he happens to have more pigment than you or I. Not, it's like I said, we don't look at it that way. But then again, it's unusual because of what he said because of the color of his skin. He says, Obamacare is worst thing to happen in America since slavery. Obamacare is really, I think, the worst thing that has happened in this nation since slavery. And it is, in a way, it is slavery, in a way, because because it is making all of us subservient to the government. Pretty profound, pretty heavy. Yeah. I mean, and the thing is, they can't go and say, well, he's a racist because he's a he's a white guy saying that. But no, he isn't. 
He's a neurosurgeon. He's, he's talking about Obamacare while he was at the Values Voter Summit in Washington, D.C. recently. And, you know, he, he goes on to say, and it is in a way, it is a slavery in a way, because it's making all of us subservient to the government. And it was never about health care. It was about control. Mm-hmm. And that's why it is a pro. I mean, that's what slavery is, controlling other human beings and basically uh, making them do whatever your bidding is. And in this case, the children of the parents who say no more, nah, we can't have you escape that medical plantation, that oncological plantation. Yeah, Robert, I have a feeling that that analogy that you just made, I think this is going to get a lot of traction for the Robert Scott Bell Show worldwide. Well, what makes you say that? They're probably going to throw me off the air now. No, I think that, well, of course, the more people that listen, they're not going to throw you off the air. The more people that listen, the more they're happy with the ratings going up higher. But I think this this statement is uh, the, the analogy of the medical plantation. It's a strong visual. Yeah, it <laughs> it's is. It's a very strong visual. The fact that this doctor is black himself, nobody can say that it's a racial argument anymore because it has nothing to do with race. I mean, if, it was, if it ever had anything to do with race, then Obama would have never gotten elected. So I think that argument you know, fell by the wayside whatever, it's five, six years ago, you know, since the first election. A black man getting elected as a president of the United States, nobody can say it's a racial issue anymore because that's already been transcended. Well, except, except on the, the uber-liberal media, they're still trying to claim that the uh, unwillingness to just willy-nilly raise the debt ceiling is somehow racist, but these people are just deluded into a belief of printing money out of thin air is going to save the world. Yeah, I mean, you know, you can claim anything based on anything. We know that people will tend to say some very ridiculous things like, you know, vaccines will actually help a person. They ignore the fact that mercury in there, you know, I won't get back on the same preaching <laughs> box that we are always on. But the point is, they can claim whatever, but anybody with any reasonable intellect, even, even average intellect, even below average intellect, if they have two neurons that are firing, you know, you know that old uh, joke, that person was one neuron short of a synapse, well, unfortunately, not a lot of people get that joke, but basically to have a synapse, it means you have to have two neurons. So when you say one neuron short of a synapse, <laughs> it means you have one neuron in your brain. So right. uh, I had a person ask me, what's a synapse? And I had to explain to them because, you know, it was a, I guess it was like a medical joke. But anyway, the one rule for those people out there outside of medicine and health, if you're going to tell a joke, make sure that your audience understands the language that you're using. <laughs> yes, very So good. anyway, one neuron short of a synapse means that basically they only have one neuron in their brain. But anybody that would just look at what has happened over the last five, six years, you cannot say anything is racist if they elected a black man president. Now, people may say that, you know, he's more Arab than he's black or whatever the case is, but the point is you cannot use that same argument. And, of course, any time a woman is, um, you know, somebody makes a gesture, an over, overly generous gesture to a woman and maybe opens the door for a woman, they can be told that they are guilty of sexual harassment you know but again at what what point are you going to define sexual harassment as somebody opening a door for you you know i open doors for a man or a woman it doesn't matter so what i'm sexually harassing a, a man if i'm opening the door for him i mean <laughs> yeah. you know, it's kind of ridiculous so. it, well yeah ridiculous is where we have uh, arrived uh, in america and that's why you know when i when i make the predictions about collapse i don't make them lightly but they they are shocking to hear but it's also shocking to hear anyone a neurosurgeon or even perhaps me saying listen obamacare is basically like and the thing is obamacare is not fully into gear and if we talk about the onco- the oncology thing with children 
that's been playing itself out long before Obama was president. So the point is, it isn't even about Obama. So just hear what we're saying here, that there is a medical slave plantation, and they want everybody on it. If you try to leave it, they will use whatever means they can, including your children, to keep you on. Yeah, I think this is an important point that you're bringing up, and I think we do need to accentuate it somewhat, because... You know, if we look at how this whole system has played out, and historically, it seems like there's a 2,000-year cycle. I'm actually reading a good book right now called The Synchronicity Key that talks about some of these cycles in history. And what happened with the Roman Empire is similarly repeating right now, but it goes all the way back to 4,000, 5,000 before Christ and even prior to that. But all that aside, I think this is an important point that you brought up that these things we're witnessing right now are, have nothing really to do with Obamacare. Some of these things were put into place as far back as the 70s and 80s and how it's kind of been accelerated and the agenda has been brought more to the surface as time has gone on. I have long said that there is no mistake that when Obama was first elected that it was between a white woman and a black male that were the two that were running for presidency, because if we think about it from a logical standpoint, if this is an agenda where they're puppet masters that have created the solution between both parties, etc., etc., it's interesting that when the fall is going to take place, let's blame it on a woman or on a black male. Mm-hmm. So let them fight it out. And I think the woman in this case was the smarter one and said, you know what, let him take it. Because history will remember what's happening to our country right now as associated with Obama. And it really wouldn't have made any difference if it was Obama or somebody else, but whoever was at that point in time in history would be the person that would be blamed for it. And I think that's uh, that's going to become self-evident. Yeah, and it's also important to, to make the, let's say, rational discourse on this health care system that is not health care is that what is Obamacare today looks most likely most like what came out of Her- evidently the Heritage Foundation. So it came from a conservative think tank, ironically. So it isn't even that it's a liberal conservative thing. All these artificial divides are there for that purpose to keep us unaware of where the source of all this is. And like Dr. Ben Carson is saying here, it's about a form of slavery that has nothing to do with skin color. We're going to take a break and come back for one final segment for this week to kick it off in high style. We'll be right back. Live around the world, the Robert Scott Bell Show. The Robert Scott the Bell Robert Show. Scott Bell Show. All right, Advanced Medicine Monday, wrapping it up another week. we got a, little, a few more minutes, Dr. Bittar, but what an amazing uh, discussion, as always. And, of course, there are events coming up we want to reveal in this segment because uh, you're going to be in the same place with Liam Sheff, the official yeah. stories man, and I want to get, get everybody so there. Before we, before we get into that, I just want to bring up a thing, just to wrap up the last thought before we go into commercial, yep. if, if I can, before yes. we go into something different, and that's about the... Uh, Obamacare, if you think about it, about that illusion with the woman versus a black man, you know, who's going to take the fall? Right. Remember that there was something called Hillary Care everybody talked about? Oh, yeah, absolutely. We kind of tend to forget about Hillary Care, but again, that agenda was before Obama even came on the picture when she was the first lady, when she was married to, you know, when, when, uh, not that when she was married, she's still married to Bill Clinton, but my point is. Well, that's debatable, but, you know, I, I right, know what you're exactly, saying. Right, exactly, right. But the point is, that was, that was before. Uh, that, I mean, that's what? That was 15 years ago? Well, we, it we shows you these were, these, these were all the trial balloons that were being floated to see, hey, is it time? Is it time? Is it time? And even exactly. now with 
Barack Obama and Obama, it wasn't time, but they forced it through. It's a shell of a system that's a system that was corrupt to begin with. And, of course, you know, this is the same system that diagnoses you with flu, but it's wrong 84% of the time. Yeah, and, you know, this is, people may think that that's just a facetious statement, but it's not. That's the study that just came out, right? Yeah, in fact, yeah, we, we mentioned it a few days ago, but in fact, oh, you did? They, they, but not with you. That's why I wanted you to hear it and comment on it, because it's so amazing. You got the flu. Everybody's got the flu. It's flu season. Flu. It's flu shot season. And you come to find out when the data was reviewed, the meta-analysis was done, of all the folks that ever get the flu, they determined that only about 16% of the time is flu actually happening. Yeah, one six percent of the time. So 84% of the time it has nothing to do with the flu. Yeah, exactly. It's just flu-like symptoms. Well, it's the flu. To get your flu shot. If you didn't get your flu shot, you should have because you wouldn't have gotten the non-flu. Absurd. It is absurd. That's what we're dealing with. But if yeah. people want to learn even more, you are going. You go out and about all the time, and occasionally we get to, especially if it's open to the public, and I believe this one's open for healthcare providers and the lay audience. Those of you who want to go to Bremen, Georgia, which is about 45 miles east, I'm sorry, west of Atlanta toward Birmingham, but it's still in Georgia, not, not far from Douglasville. Uh, Jim Hover, who we know, a good friend of yours as well, and he's hosting you and Liam Sheff and another uh, bunch of healthcare providers together for a seminar, and it's right before I'm in Atlanta on the 8th. So this is November 7th, 8th, and 9th in Douglasville, Georgia. Yep. And we have it linked up in the, the show notes. It's AONH Annual Natural Healthcare Conference. And uh, look, just for Liam and Dr. Batar alone, are you kidding me? Of course, there'll be more than you guys, but that, that right there, it, it, it sells me. Well, I appreciate that, Robert. And then I guess the following day on the 9th, I'll be in Dallas. I'll yes. I'll be giving a lecture out there. That's open to uh, all healthcare providers, and that's uh, in Plano, Texas, actually, just north of Dallas. Okay. And uh, that's on the 9th. Very cool. Dr. Dr. Lee Cowden and I are the two keynote speakers. Very cool. So as you're flying out, I'm flying in, and I'm going to be in Atlanta for the weekend, the 8th, 9th, and 10th for the healing, uh, Wise Healing Traditions, basically the uh, Weston Price Foundation is doing its annual show. And we got Dr. Nick Gonzalez is going to be there. Leslie Manukian, who did the, uh, the, the, the film The Greater Good, all about vaccines, uh, is going to be there. It's going to be a great weekend. So we got a lot of stuff happening in Atlanta coming up. Awesome, awesome. And then the second weekend in December, I'll just throw this out right now, we're doing a one-day full workshop, eight hours on detoxification in Vancouver. And uh, that, I don't think it's been publicly announced yet, but it's uh, well on the way of occurring, and they're estimating 1,500 people. They've already got uh, over 600 people pre-registered. So if anybody wants to get out to Vancouver, a beautiful city. I think it's probably the nicest city in North America. Dude, I so want to be there. I haven't found a sponsor to get me out yet, though. But, man, oh, man, would I love to be in Vancouver anytime because of the beauty of the of the, uh, the the landscape and a lot of nice people. We've got a lot of great listeners out there in Vancouver as well. So we'll get you more information as as it gets closer to that date. But, again, up-and-coming things, check it out in the show notes at robertscottbell.com. Remember, of course, if you're a new listener and you want to catch up, you've got a lot of catching up to do with Dr. Batar and I, as we've done this for a few years now, an amazing number of interviews available for free download through medicalrewind.com. If you're not sure, just go to the show notes, and I also link the archives through naturalnewsradio.com as well, so you've got lots of cool stuff to have happen. So we're about out of time, Dr. Batar, but uh, another great discussion. I love the way that we get to weave the politics, the economics, and the health care and bring these principles into all areas where they belong. Yeah, we really didn't talk too much about medicine or health or 
wellness, but we did talk a lot about the political aspects, and hopefully people don't get too tired of it, because we do seem to tend to bring that up more often than not, mm -hmm. but I guess from what I understand, our ratings are increasing, so people must like that. It's a fundamental freedom, and that's why we're here to remind you that the power to heal is most definitely yours. The Robert Scott the Bell Robert Show. Robert Scott Bell Show.